0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hi, this is Jessie Two. Hi, and I'm Helen Stanbeck. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under. Hi guys, it's now the middle of May. Almost Um, at the end. Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: Um, How have you been this week, Hel? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, um, nothing special this week, but I was just looking up and listening to radios and uh, some interesting thing came up to me when I was listening to ABC Classic. Mm. So apparently they have 100 top musical things.
1: (laughs) Every year, I know it's always the same. It's pi- all almost the, the same, same conductors. Oh, yeah. sorry, the same um, composers. Yeah, yeah. So they had the, the
0: mu- movie music. Yeah, baroque and certain periods of music. And this year, can you believe it? It's top 100 Beethoven. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, like, that
1: just. It, I mean, there's no doubt that Beethoven is a brilliant mu- um, musician. A, yeah. He was a brilliant musician, and he yeah. is a brilliant composer. But, like, I don't know, I just feel so, I feel really conflicted any time I see those kind of lists because there's just so much aggrandizing of male people who already have a lot of power, you know?
0: And a lot of attention already. Yeah,
1: like, why are they, I mean, obviously I know because of capitalist reasons, you know, Mm -hmm. most people listen, a lot of people listen to Beethoven, but, like, why can't they put all those resources into maybe discovering undiscovered female composers? Like, I'm... Yeah, and, and you just, know, it, we're just going to go on and on. It just makes me so outraged because I have this deep conflict with classical music, like especially in Australia. It, number one, it's deeply, deeply um, dominated white. by white people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yes, of at course, the student level, yeah. a lot of Asian people, for mm-hmm. instance, have penetrated that space, but like professional musicians um, are mostly white um, and it goes, it, it kind of... It's it's the it's a trend that sort of skims throughout all of artistic ventures across um in Australia like the cultural artistic fields are dominated by white people because in order to be a professional artistic person in this country and I guess a lot of countries you need you need to be of a certain um class.
0: Yeah, I think that, that Because you're not very whole. actually not very well paid. No, right? it's yeah. not. You have to have a strong, I don't know, backbone, I guess. Economically, well, and a
1: lot of people who do work in the arts are uh, are able to work in the arts because they have like parental support, for instance. You yeah, know, and they can, the yeah, and they are able to spend six months on an unpaid internship. Mm. Whereas, like a lot of people who are in, like, say, a local uh, lo- a lower socioeconomic economic status, can't afford to do that. Or even just you know?
0: Asian backgrounds, the parents will say, who's "Yeah, exactly." Thing as yeah, well. yeah, thing. yeah,
1: yeah, and also, um the the optics of it yeah just
0: yeah it's oh god anyway (laughs) beethoven i mean god
1: i just yeah classical music really infuriates me also just Mm -hmm. because of its general audiences mostly i mean it's like i wanted to see an sso uh concert a few months ago before the whole pandemic Mm -hmm. thing happened Mm -hmm. and um i hadn't seen a concert in quite a number of years, and I wanted to go back and check it out because I was doing research for my next novel. And The cheapest prices, um, now that I'm over 30, tragic, oh, yeah, um, is like a
0: hundred, it was a hundred and twenty dollars, yeah, for the cheapest. So, picket. for our listeners, so apparently, that uh, some of the, um, uh, I wouldn't say state owned federal, but some of the most, most popular orchestra they have, uh, Special concessions for the um, audiences that's under thirty, so you mm. get a discount.
1: Yeah, and, and when you're
0: over thirty, you have to pay for the full yeah. price.
1: And it's it's actually a very considerable discount.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, on other topics, um, so this week's I need I want to shout out to all the volunteers out there in Australia. So, including you, yeah, including myself. Um, so I volunteer at Northern Settlement Services, but at the moment we're kind of. Because we are in a semi-lockdown situation, so our most of our services have been put in hold. And also, I volunteer with the Guide Dog uh, New South Wales. Uh, I think it's it's go- going to combine with the Victoria State anyway. Anyhow, so I will shout out to the volunteers around the nation. You know, thank you for all your work. And in some point of your life, you will probably become one of the volunteers or been helped by the volunteers. And you know, I believe that our society benefit a lot from the work of volunteers.
1: Yeah. And you know, I was about Mm. to write a piece for my publication about this um, week. And then I I went into it thinking that (laughs) the number of volunteers was like number of like the gender divide for not volunteers. Uh, I thought it was going to be like 99% women and 1% men. Mm -hmm. I was completely wrong. It was more like 37% women and 34% men. Like I know that doesn't make 100% but uh-huh. some statistic I saw that really indicated that it's actually quite balanced Oh, that's which good. was really interesting yeah
0: yeah yeah I assume there will be a lot of lot more um female volunteers yeah. Yeah, or at do. least at least the, the um group that I'm in that yeah. usually are mostly female Yeah right Yeah So what else have you been doing Jesse?
1: Um I had to get my laptop exchanged <laughs> 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 That was my like my biggest um, and adventure this week, going mm-hmm. to the Apple Store, which usually makes me like incredibly anx- anxious. I hate Crowd. like on a normal day, um, sort of um, not regarding pandemic situations. I hate going to the Apple Store because it's like my worst nightmare. It's like a big party where you don't know anyone, and like you, just they're just waiting for a genius to go and... um ask you what what you need and and i just hate crowded places the savior. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i hate cr- um crowded places and just the atmosphere of like the bright light really makes me so anxious anyway i had to go in and it was such an experience because they had this whole like setup so you know uh, you know the apple stores mm-hmm. are ginormous yeah and they usually have what say 25 tables right Around. Maybe not that many. Yeah, maybe but, not that many but, yeah, but just
0: bench. Yeah, like, benches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So shore.
1: um this new setup I went like two days ago. They had about only six people stationed at it, each deck. Oh, uh, because bench. of social distancing. Yeah. 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 And then all the other people had to wait outside in a line as though we were lining up to a club <laughs> on a Saturday yeah, night yeah. at two AM. Um and also there were two bouncers at the door <laughs> and they had held they had like two one hand they held um a thermometer, uh-huh. and so they like yeah, tested your t- 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 uh-huh. temperature, and then the other hand they held masks, and so after they took your temperature, they gave you a mask.
0: Oh, so you and do they made have you to- wear wow, it. That's, yeah, that's unusual because you think that most shops that wouldn't provide masks, they well, would just give but, you hand sanitizer.
1: Yeah, but um, Kev- Kevin, our brother, I told him this, and he said that's what Taiwan has been doing at the very beginning of this pandemic. Yeah, that's why it's been so effective at, yeah. you know, um. Yeah, so anyway, I, I was standing there because like when I, I I'm, I I'm, I'm rarely ever when I'm out in the, a public situation, like say if I'm going to wait for, a, I, I don't actually go and buy coffee, but say if I'm waiting for food to be given to me at a takeout, mm. I never actually look at my phone when I'm waiting because I just think it's... Yeah, it's a bit rude. Well, like also most people, when you go out, you see them looking at their phones because it's awkward to stand there and wait it yeah, just doesn't you just look have cool. to occupy yourself yeah, exactly it looks cool to occupy yourself and so i try and actively not do that and so i was just standing there for around 10 15 minutes and observing, observing. Uh-huh. and i and i just thought i still cannot get even though it's been quite common now i still can't get over the fact how like funny it is to see white people wear masks it's still <laughs> such a it's yeah. still such a foreign funny thing
0: because like I've only ever we've only ever seen, seen Asian mostly yeah. Asians wearing the mask yeah it's even now so on the street yeah there's still a lot more Asians yeah, wearing masks definitely than definitely yeah white people and also
1: yeah. I found it funny you know how there are articles that saying how Donald Trump's refusal to wear the mask is a sign oh, yeah of I sent that to toxic you <laughs> toxic masculinity there was a, um there were there were two guys who i saw probably like mid 40s uh-huh. i kid you not um they know they, they they <laughs> held the mask in their hand they didn't wear it while they were waiting in line uh-huh. uh, the way we were actually asked to and they only put it on at the very last minute once they went inside the store okay so i, I was just i was just remember thinking god that's such a typically white male thing to do
0: yeah like, you wouldn't want to do it until the last minute that so you think yeah, it's like, necessary or not. i i just
1: think white male privilege like um it really it really pokes up evidence of it pokes up in the most funny situations and yeah. it's very telling like for instance um uh i you know how i'm studying um <laughs> russian online um, oh, yeah, russian yeah, at yeah, the yeah, moment yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. i'm studying russian at the sydney university and um at the moment our classes are online zoom <sighs> and last week um carl and i do this together mm. and last week um we <laughs> we um this guy this guy this young <laughs> white dude, um, he forgot to turn off, like, or maybe he didn't forget, but the whole time he didn't turn off his Mike? mic when he was, like, and there are about 25 people in the class.
0: So when and he was so, supposed to mute, he didn't yeah, mute. Yeah, he didn't
1: mute, and so we actually heard a lot of his conversations. What about what? Oh, just like he was talking want... to other people on the oh, side, and and Kyle just typed in, well, Kyle and I text during the uh-huh, l- lesson, yeah. we shouldn't, but anyway, he was texting me saying, um, LOL, typical white guy move. Privilege, yeah. like just not being aware yeah.
0: of, of what's happening or what you should be doing. Yeah. You're like oblivious of what's happening. And
1: then another one, uh, not that I go out of my way to record this, but I actually <laughs> do. Um, the other day I was driving in a narrow, like I live on a small street mm-hmm. and I was driving in a narrow um, laneway and then there was this white dude in front of me who saw me coming and then he turned, like he was walking away from me. I was in oh. my car and then he had his headphones on. Okay. And then he just walked really slowly in the middle of the road. And oh, then I started yeah. beeping uh-huh. and he totally ignored me. Yeah, And then I was just like, oh, my God, dude, like that is so white male. Like yeah. just not being conscious of other that's, people around you, you know? That
0: I remember reading it somewhere and I mentioned it to you or someone once. And then... Um, about how uh, people waiting at the lights, whether or not they would wait, like if there's a group of people with diverse background who actually wait for the green lights. Yeah, and right. remember we yeah. said that oh, usually it would be the white male that yep. would, would not be bothered to wait. He would just look both sides. If there's no cars, he would just walk over. Yep. And immediately after yeah, we, our we conversation, saw we with saw at least guy. three guys. Yeah. At the same intersection that did that. Yeah. So I think if there's ever a research on that, I don't think there will be any doubt that probably the dominance of group who would just be themselves and not Just take up care space. About, yeah. Just take up, take up space, space, space
1: unapologetically. That's yeah. what really irritates me. Yeah. God. <laughs> 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 you yeah, know, I listened to another podcast where this woman was uh-huh. really angry and... Swearing the whole time, okay. and I remember thinking, "God, I better stop doing that." But
0: I can't help <laughs> you it. Can't help I'm just it, yeah. always super angry. <laughs> yeah. And then we're gonna be labeled as angry, Na- angry, nasty Asian woman. Oh yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I do Nasty. Like,
1: <laughs> like I was reading a, a um an, a, an article in the New York Review of Books by J uh, John E Lennon. He's a convicted criminal, murderer. Like a murderer has platform on that prestigious global publication. I just can't get over that. But anyway, he spoke about um, Jack Abbott, who was another white criminal. He was a murderer and um, he had a lot of su- like um, public sort of support from people like Susan Sarandon and um, mm. yeah, other other people who lifted him up. Um, but he, apparently his works, like this guy was a convicted murderer and then he started writing uh, literary stuff while he was in jail. And then he found a publisher while he was in jail, and then become this. Ma- and then he eventually became this massive literary star. And like number one, I just think that would never happen for a female, right? Females would never be be given that platform. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, I forgot what my number two was. Oh yeah, Jack Abbott's writing was apparently um very very rooted in anger. Okay. And I just and and it was rewarded for being that way. And it just hurts me that I will never be taken as seriously as a woman feeling all those yeah. angers that I do. My anger is not universalized the way a male's mm-hmm. anger is, a white man's anger is. There's you always
0: know? double standard when oh. it comes to a female, isn't it? Um. I'm
1: just, yeah. I, I guess I'm saying all this because I want people to realize that there is a, a there's a reason for the way I feel. You know, mm-hmm. it's not well, unwarranted.
0: A Feel you know we we've been oppressed for so long to not to express ourselves and even if we do then we are being labelled you know angry woman and hysterical or not being taken seriously at all yeah okay Um, sorry (laughs) we've gone over of talking the casual stuff anyway so this week we are going to talk about something on race uh so. We have to talk about anything else. Yeah, we talk about gender okay, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about the topic of white worshiping. Um, so I'm gonna start off um, to give you a bit of background that um, uh, historically white worshiping is probably uh, more more common in Asia. It, it does happen in Western Wales as well, whereas for a lot of immigrants. Um, that want to fit into a certain or they call assimilate into a certain, you know, um, society. And whereas in Asia, I would say the impact of colonialism has made a lot of changes to Asian countries and also the society there. Um, I'm just going to talk... I'm just going to mention that um, perhaps in Taiwan because that's where we grew up in... I think Taiwan had... What, from what I remember was um, there was Dutch occupation and then it came from Portuguese. Portuguese and also later in the last century there was Japanese as well. But um, there's a lot of, I don't want to say it's an absolute, but still continually the influence of Western nation is a lot, particularly America. Okay? In saying that, it's because that uh, um, it's very divided politically in Taiwan and you know you have the nationalist side KMT whereas they are very pro-China and the other side is DPP the Democratic Progressive Party they are a bit more I wouldn't say they're anti-China but most of them want to you know present Taiwan as an independent country in the world and who can you rely on when you want independence? independency it's Mostly U.S. because U.S. acts as a how would you how would you describe it? Um, I don't want to use it's the like word savior. Yeah, middleman. But I don't want to use the word savior because a lot of whoa. a lot of citizens consider a lot of citizens in Taiwan consider America as a savior.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. that comes through <laughs> like every single narrative.
0: Yeah, right? so that's what happens that uh, when they you know a lot of people that. Um, they don't want to use, they, I wouldn't say that they consider themselves as white worshipping, but a lot of behaviors that does show yeah
1: yeah it, it's all in the way in which little things like are the, uh, the subconscious unconscious parts of our actions yeah that that we would never actually admit, i think yeah. admit to
0: yeah yeah, so from my from my experience of seeing white worshipping in around my w- w- past workplace was that the first uh, one that I encountered was in Taiwan. Um, so tell
1: us what you did when you got married. Yeah. Yeah, and then what happened uh, when you got married?
0: <laughs> I I got married and I applied jobs to teach English in Taiwan with my husband. Who's and, white. <laughs> yeah, who is white. Um, we kind of uh, had this interest of going to Taiwan for a, a couple of years, but it only turned out for a year. Anyway, um. So, what's the easiest, you know, um, pathway for both of us to work in Taiwan will be teaching English. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people or people with backgrounds that they will probably consider so as well. Anyway, so we applied jobs in Taiwan to teach English. And it was very, I wouldn't say it was difficult. And I wouldn't say it's very easy either to apply jobs to teach in Taiwan if when you apply with a uh, anglo <laughs> surname yeah so with with your anglo surname and usually they will ask you for a photo as well you know it mm. will be discriminative to ask yeah. for a photo when you apply, when you you know applying for a job in yeah. most of the western countries yeah, anyway yeah. they want to see whether or not that your um your appearance uh fit into the market because in taiwan I I believe that it has changed for the past twenty years. But when we were teaching in Taiwan, it was still very, um, how would I say this? Like very, the appearance is very important. Yeah, as in they would, and also there's a differences in pay if you're white or local uh, teachers. I was paid not as in the local teachers' rate, but as a Foreign teacher's right? but still were low was lower than the white teacher.
1: Wait, so you're saying that even though your English was exactly the same as Sean's, mm-hmm. your husband's, Sean was getting paid more than you? Is that yeah, what you're saying? He was,
0: paid, he was being paid more as in hourly, but he didn't get as many hours as me because the main reason for the white teachers to be a peer in the English class was to show the parents that yeah, we have a foreigner here, yeah, yeah you know so yeah, our access our to
1: that kind of that kind of um, demographic yeah. or like this is what this is what we can provide
0: yeah and whiteness. they they think that you know whiteness equals authentic, uh, authentic. Yeah. yeah and it, it provides the students a gateway i don't know yeah. what the gateway yeah. to actually learn the proper site way of english or something like that so that, i found that was a bit funny um because i I definitely have have encountered a lot of white teachers who are not English background um for example, they were um dutch they were but they're just white and tall and you know blonde and things yeah. like that and the but English, don't Dutch
1: people speak fluent English, yeah they
0: do, but they have some of the Europeans okay they don't have um native. some yeah they they're not native English, and some of them. I don't want to criticize on accent because every accent is yeah. fine. But it's just funny that, um, and there's a, it was just funny that a lot of Chinese parents and, you know, like this kind of English institute that they want like American English. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. know what you
1: mean, totally. Yeah. Well, like when I was a kid, mum and dad bought um, Sesame Street tapes for us.
0: Yeah. That was that the was ideal, the form, ideal of English. form of yeah. English. So. They will ask for, like, they will always ask for, oh, okay so what's the differences between Australian English and American English? I think, okay there are a little bit differences. You know, there's obviously there's going to be accent differences, but I don't think there was much differences. And there's so so many, like, I just got sick of it. There's so many um, parents who doesn't even speak English themselves. They were just... um, Want their kids to speak American
1: English? Do you mean like accented American accent English? Is yeah. that what you mean?
0: Like, I I don't think they can even tell the differences. You know, they can't tell the differences with British English, but if you present, you know, different forms of English for to them, I don't think the parents will be able to tell the differences. But they have this mentality or myth probably that believe that American is the best.
1: Well, yeah, because America has, uh, like centuries of history of sort of quote unquote saving countries at war you know vietnam korea they that's they go they to yeah. the
0: world world you they know they go to
1: the middle east and, and f- Fortnite literally Fortnite. fuck everything up but mm. the narrative that the mm. mainstream media mm. and everyone gets is that they're the they're savior
0: or the hero exactly oh, so like
1: fun. all you have to do is look at a couple of years ago i think it was last year um ryan gosling in the movie first man <laughs> like i know it's yeah. completely not related but in a way it is completely related first man an american man
0: yeah yeah it's, an american yeah. white man yeah um so that's my experience in taiwan and then awesome. okay and um did you want to talk about your experience
1: well i, I haven't taught in <laughs> um english as i've never taught um uh, english uh, as a foreigner in taiwan um when we went back to Taiwan when we were like eight or nine, I remember teaching maybe um, English to like kindergarten people with me and me and Lise, our sister. So, but that's completely different. Obviously, that was just for fun. But like, um, it's so interesting hearing you say all that because last year when I went back to Taiwan, I, I played ultimate frisbee with these pickup games um, that were happening around Taipei. So what were you doing in Taiwan? Oh, so I I think I've talked about this before uh i think in the trade show um episode okay, our yeah, first one totally yeah i was um chasing a couple of stories mm-hmm. and i spent a couple of weeks in taipei loved it like people in taiwan are are brilliant um the the foreigners are very interesting people um i didn't i i the people i met at frisbee mm-hmm. uh, a couple of them were um Most of them were foreigners, I'd say, like I think up to 85% were foreigners. And um, there was a mix. So some of them were like me, like returning, but Taiwanese heritage, but returning to Taiwan to work. And then others were white people. Um, And I met a lot of Americans um, who were like young guys in their 20s who look kind of like I don't know Channing Tatum with Channing Tatum good looks yeah and and they I remember this one time we were playing um frisbee on a Wednesday night and the subject of pay came up one of the white dudes started talking about his pay and then another guy who was Asian like um he was a Taiwanese national but his English was fluent like like mine flawless um he was an american and then um when they got talking they discovered that the white dude was getting paid like about $200 more a week than the asian dude okay. were they and in the same industry yeah like okay. they were okay. tutors uh-huh. at okay. a school and yeah, 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 they yeah. were just talking about the rates and i just oh, i remember wow. just like thinking like number 1 it's great that they're having such a transparent conversation i think it's something that men are more comfortable doing
0: yeah, with work, of, yeah. obviously, yeah.
1: But I, it also just made yeah. me kind of, it's the same kind of hurt that I was telling you about, that hurt of, you know, um, when we were talking about Beethoven and how um, a lot of resources are put behind a dead white man yeah. when yeah. they could actually be um, devoted to women, you know. Yeah. that Minority yeah. or minority groups. It's the same, this is kind of the same hurt when I heard this because yeah. it's like, no matter how good you are if even if that Asian dude got a degree at Harvard in English literature he 's still in Taiwan not going to get paid as much as this average white dude yeah. just because this average white dude was
0: white and tall yeah that's why um, I just remember that on the podcast I was listening, also the book that i 'm still reading through Michelle Obama's becoming how she said that people of color usually oh actually. Or almost have to work twice as hard to get only halfway as far as the white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same across the board for, yep. um, I guess, women probably yep. and people with, uh, people of colour. Yeah. yeah.
1: People with disabilities, people who are outside the sexual norm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the further you move outside of the heteronormative ideal human being, yeah. which is just a straight white guy. Mm-hmm the more the harder you I need to work know. to to be accepted yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah and i i've started watching i started watching the uh, other day not the netflix documentary oh, yeah, based yeah, yeah. on okay. becoming yeah. and i couldn't finish it cuz it was actually quite um i didn't really it didn't it didn't latch me on like i i didn't find it excruciatingly interesting so i didn't end up finishing it i think i was about an hour in but she did mention how her grandfather worked really hard was really like one of the smartest people she ever knew, and yet he was still for his whole life. Yeah, he was working under men who were half his ability and capability because he was black.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, the skin of your, the color of your skin does play a big role in this. Um, can I talk about the other experience that I had working in another, well, similar industry, but um, in other areas of Asia? Um, I was working in one of the English, um, English school. Actually, this time is actually in Australia, which is funny. I was working as a marketing officer. So my job was to recruit, um, students from overseas to come into Australia to study English. And we have bridging courses to get them to continue their tertiary studies onto universities, uh, colleges or TAFE. Um, what I found was really funny is that a lot of agencies in Asia and also the students, when they first arrive in Australia, they when they start in their English um, classes, some will question that, "Oh, how come there's no white students in my class?" I will, I will tell them that, but most white students already speak English, so they wouldn't like. Uh, uh, later, of course, we if we get South American um, students, you know, you have. A different race of students in the class but a lot of asian students they, they have this perception of thinking that once i go overseas for example to australia or america to study that i will be surrounded by a bunch of white people mm-hmm. but it doesn't really happen like that instantly mm-hmm. i found that a bit strange why do you think they wanted to be around white people I don't know. It's just a sense of status, you know. They can show off back at home, saying that you know I'm hanging wrong with white people. Yeah, and how good I am. And exactly. Like.
1: I didn't. I mean, this still this happened to your husband when you guys were in Taiwan, right? About ten fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. didn't you say that people would stop Sean on the street? Like t- Sean is a quite a handsome, young, tall, <laughs> tall guy. Well, he's yeah. very tall, yeah. and didn't you say that um,
0: people would just stop him and say, "Can I take a picture?" Yeah, it was really funny. But because we we were living in a relatively rural area, so I assume, well, I assume probably a lot of people that hasn't encountered foreigners um, slash white people. that. Austria-
1: yeah, and, and also, sorry to interrupt you, but our mother, she was 36 when she immigrated to Australia, and I recently asked her when was the first time she saw a white person, white person. Yeah. and it was like in her 30s yeah. when she came to Australia. Yeah. Oh, no, I think she saw one white person when she was in Taipei. Okay.
0: Yeah, so I think the reality of having white people in Taiwan, that was, Mm. it it was very uncommon, Mm. I would say, because this is like 10, 15 years ago. So which city were you in, Danari? I was in central Taiwan, Wuchi. Yeah, it's like a fishing village. So it's not tiny compared to Australian rural areas. But it was, they don't have a lot of foreigners in that area. Okay, so how come you went to Wuchi? Oh, should we do we need to go into that? I wanna know. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so because the job came up there and I just thought that oh okay, it's near what where I grew up, it's near Zhanghua. Is it? Yeah. I didn't it's, know that. Well it's not too far away, it's like oh it's not like Taipei so far okay, up yeah, in yeah, the yeah. north. So Sorry, yeah, like, Um I will say about an hour to our hometown. So it was close enough to our grandparents. Oh. Yeah, so I could still visit or yeah. they could you know, our grandparents can still come and visit me. Yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> back to the experience yeah. I had with was working as a marketing officer. Um, So that was in Australia. Mm. And then I had an opportunity to go overseas to do exhibitions, like education exhibitions to, you know, promote Australian education, mm-hmm. you know, to get more students to come to Australia. We all know that. It's a very, one of the humongous industry for Australia. Yeah, yeah income, totally. Which is yeah. now like being effed up, yeah, <laughs> yeah. by the whole pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I went to um, Taiwan is one of my market, and I also went to Vietnam. Um, so I attend two uh, separate uh, e- education exhibitions. One in Hanoi, which is the capital, and the other uh, and the other ones in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. At both, they the exhibition had different uh, countries representations to attend. So there were Italians, uh, Americans, and I can't remember. There there were a lot of American schools, mm. but uh, several European. Even there's one from Malta, I think. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there were fashion designing schools, uh, but mostly English studies. Yep. Okay, and yep. of, of course, and there's a couple of um, other schools coming from Australia, and you just see all the you have. Groups of high school students, like taking out a day, half day, yeah. as a, like an excursion, yeah. to come into these exhibitions. So we have little booths, and they can come in and ask us about um what's like studying abroad and what kind of programs do we offer, and perhaps the fees we can discuss. You know, if there's any discounts if they uh, enroll during the exhibitions, and you will just see so many um. High school students that will just pile in front of, uh, the booth that had the representative of that like a European it. face, exactly. yeah, person, yep. yeah. So and they were they they they've been treated like celebrities. I was just thinking, God, he's just the oh, guy what? is just the a white, white guy. guy. Yeah, he's just a representative from a school. You know, he's doing nothing different from me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. All the, especially girls, okay, especially young girls, they would just want to pose next to him and take a photo. And let me guess, this guy was actually not that good-looking? Oh, he's actually good-looking, oh. you know. In my study, he was good-looking. Okay, that's <laughs> pretty high, because your standards are... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if he's going to listen anyway. But, um, and also, it was just, um, also the agencies there, you can just tell that they, the agencies that represent some of the students, that would just treat the the European representative a bit more better than the asian face you know representative (laughs) but i found interesting was that um because i was coming from i was you know i was representing australia and there were some agencies that look at my name and look at me and look at my my name again because i was using i was using my husband's surname and they will ask me okay so you're australian and i say uh yeah i'm australian chinese and oh okay so were you born in Australia? Some some of the agents that speak fluent English they will ask me that. Oh, so were you born in Australia or Taiwan? I said, I was born in Taiwan, I immigrated to Australia, and then they say that. Oh, okay. And some and they will start asking their colleagues to come over and pointed at me and ask their colleague. Oh, can you guess where she's from? <laughs> it's like they found someone. They found someone that's um, probably living as an Asian living in a Western country. Something interesting, yeah, and, and they will start, yeah. I don't know whether or not that I, I thought that would be quite common in Vietnam because they've got so many Vietnamese in Australia, they'll be have a lot of Vietnamese returning to Vietnam as well, wouldn't they? Yeah,
1: I think it's because a lot of people outside of I know in my time traveling around a lot of rural parts in America and also in the Middle East, when I say. That to people that I'm from Australia, people always give me that weird reaction like, what? But you have an Asian face. Like when I was in the Solomon Islands, people all thought I was Japanese because they had only ever encountered through personal um, contact and also through the media, Japanese looking faces. And so they just boxed me in immediately like that.
0: Yeah. So it's funny that the colleagues would start guessing, oh, so are you Singaporean or are you... Korean, and none of them actually picked out mm-hmm. the Chinese, yeah, so that was I thought that was really funny um
1: can I just say also yeah. there's just you're making me think there's a definite racial hierarchy, which is what we're ostensibly yeah. talking about yeah. here in this podcast, like white people and whiteness is at the top still mm-hmm. is at the top, and then after that. Like, today I was um, writing a piece um, for Women's Agenda on Fortune 500. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) this year, the 2020 list, um, out of 500 companies, 37 were led by women. And Uh that's a record. Wow. Like, that's 7.4%. Of, so which is still fucking <laughs> <laughs> ridiculously low. But people are like celebrating like, yeah. oh, that's so high. Um, which, okay, sure, we should celebrate little victories. But it's still ridiculously low. Like let's not lose track of the general, um, you know, the general picture. But um, guess how many of the 37 women were women of color? 37. Was it
0: 37? 37 women. Yeah, people of color. I would
1: say one or two. There
0: were three. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And
1: guess how many of them were black or Latino? One. Zero. So oh. all three were uh, actually Asian. Oh, one from China, China. China. Yeah, I know one from China. Taiwan, uh-huh. and one from India. Okay. So yeah. come on, let's just like this. This is the reason yeah. why we're angry, and yeah, we're pointing not- this out because of fucking, it fucking everything points to these realities: black yeah. women, Latino women at the bottom of mm-hmm. like Asian women towards the proximity of whiteness mm-hmm.
0: closer. Yeah. You know. It yeah. All so makes- so what we're going to talk about is that whether or not this skin is Really, like when we're talking about white worshiping. There's a different. There's definitely when I was growing up. There's definitely a a worshiping of whiteness among female. Totally. You know, like our mum would tell us that some block, some block. Yeah. You yeah. know, or wear a hat. Yeah, and um, our our
1: mum is like pearl white, <laughs>
0: yeah. and and when she drives, um, she puts she on, puts sleeve, on... So if she's wearing short sleeve clothing, she will put those. If you haven't seen <laughs> a lot of Chinese women even if they're out, um. <laughs> riding scooters, they would have like a um removable, yes. yeah, removable cool. detachable sleeves on your arms um, that yep. goes all the way up to your fingers that yep. you can wear it to block out the sunlight. Yep. Yeah, so you won't get tanned a al- lot al- yeah. around. I find
1: this arms. really interesting because like tanned, tanned skin in Australia at least I know the Australian, the Australian yeah. men at least the ones I've been with have really loved. The darkness that I possess, like I am actually like Helen and I, we're quite different. Like I'm much darker than Helen, I would say, mm-hmm. because I I'm always in the sun and I love the beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you love the beach yeah, as well, I but I, I think I spend more time in the sun. And yeah. um, in in when I was growing up, Mum would say that um, whenever I went back to Taiwan, people would call me an Aboriginal
0: because oh, my yeah. dark my your skin. skin is deep. Yeah, your skin is darker. Yeah. yeah,
1: and and they wanted they said that as an insult, like oh, be careful, you don't want to like
0: turn out it, yeah it's i know
1: so yeah they would and my mom would not shame me but she would often just say
0: watch out <laughs> watch out
1: watch out yeah don't get your skin too dark as yeah. though that
0: is a fa- that is like a... it puts you down in the in this kind of status yeah level. as though
1: i'm supposed to be measured by the color like of my skin that. the actual yeah. shade of my skin yeah. and like i tan yeah. crazy fast like yeah. uh last year i was playing at a frisbee tournament and it was a, it was on the beach, a bridge mm-hmm. tournament. And yeah. um, I think I played for about two hours in the morning. And then afterwards, a guy came up on my team and said, oh, my God, Jesse, you have literally um, darkened by three shades. Oh. Why was he pointing that out?
0: Because he was, I don't know. This just this sounds a bit strange. Yeah. About skin whiteners, I think if you if you look around Asian countries, um, all of them will have skin whitening products on their markets and it's extremely popular mm-hmm. among the women. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have progressed a little bit that now some women have um come out of saying that oh um skin colour is very important to me. I do have some friends that do not care about you know their skin color. They get they ten easily, and they're okay with it. They're proud of it. But majority of Asian women that I know are still very obsessive about white whitening. Is in you know there's a I don't know whether or not it's probably the the consider is a a symbolism of purity. Yeah, or and gentleness. Things like
1: gentleness. Yeah. Well, feminine. it well it yeah. goes back to the whole like royal regal, um, yeah. oh. arc. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the aristocratic, the, yeah. you know, to be an aristocrat, you were white. You know, the French Marie Antoinette whiteness. They would use to yeah. powder themselves right. white, and then if you were dark, you were the yeah.
0: farmers. Yeah. So there's a there's a perception about you know if your skin is lighter, you don't your work is probably indoors, um, and also you're higher in status in society. So exactly. you're not, if you're tanned, then it, it seems like that you're in a labor force, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where you need to do more physical work mm-hmm. and not being considered as important.
1: Yeah, lower class status. There's definitely a correlation between color of the skin, like the actual shade
0: yeah.
1: and the status you have in mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, in your society. status in society. Yeah, Yeah. Um, so we've looked up, well, I, we've looked up a couple of articles online or discussions online about white worshipping. Um, <laughs> I actually, I don't know where it did come out. I just Googled anything and you actually came up with one on a discussion on Reddit is as in asking how bad is white worshipping in Taiwan. Um, it's I found that I don't know whether or not it's still, I, I, I believe it's still happening, but whether or not it's very obvious uh, around in the whole society so there was one member that actually said that yeah of course you know the halo i'm gonna quote halo effects of privileges you know so there's the privileges of white and then like you said like jesse said that there's a hierarchical thing happening you know and then white there's abc you know asians born in uh what's it called um no american born chinese Mm. that's what they call it yeah and also biracial they've been seen as more Higher class, you yeah. know. uh If we we we're, we're not gonna talk too much about you know like gender relationship wise because we spoke we discussed that in the other episode, you know. And also, they there's a perceived myth of the whites have more wealth and status. So some people do argue that whether or not that it's because that um they're just Chinese people, locals are just generally more hospitable. How do I pronounce that? Hospitable. Word? Hospitable, yeah. Then wine worshiping you know sometimes i i've seen actually seen that white people might have taken advantage of this kindness oh yeah.
1: definitely it's it's sick it's really sick and i also think that um a lot of people um who don't feel like a lot of white men who feel like they don't fit into in their white the, the the country they grew up in they often like i know um I, it feels like a lot of, some of them go overseas to an asian country in order to feel more powerful or to gain more like attention attention, yes you don't have to be a really good looking guy to get a lot of girls when you go to asian countries seriously because like just being white puts you at the very top of the tinder um you know hottest tinder selections (laughs) seriously yeah yeah
0: Yeah, there's so there's bars in taiwan or i say it would be it happens it would probably be the same in most Asian countries at bars that is prevalent to, like, foreigners and there will be a lot of white guys hanging around there to pick up, like, local women. Yeah. Um, so there's another argument of, of white worshipping um, that was mentioned in this Reddit discussion, which I will continue on into one of the articles. So apparently that um, it's taken from people, or oh, the groups that are pro-China, they argue that um why worshipping other um uh they believe that it's the ideas that um some citizens consider that America will save Taiwan, you know like the saviors for Chinese people to not be dominant by Chinese mm, mm. and the article that I've looked up, I thought was a bit interesting it was that um this article is uh is published in Global Times, I don't know. Whether or not it's pro-China, but from the reading of the content, it's actually pretty pro-China. Uh, the chi- uh, well, the article title is "Chinese Society Troubled by Foreign Worship Mentality." So this is an op-ed that was written in 2017. Um, it was saying that on uh, how great that China is, continue to impressively, you know, march towards the future, technology-wise, and Society and also economic wise, but however, there's still a lot of um, mentality that is dominant by Western thinking, you know. Uh, so, the writer came up, I don't even know, understand why the writer has taken the well, example of yeah. the Netflix that made, you know, Iron Fist. Um, I understand that, you know, probably it's a lot of whitewashed um, dramas. That is supposed to be centering, you know, Chinese or- uh <laughs> yeah. Matt Damon, remember? <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, we'll be talking. <laughs> we'll be talking on that in the other. Um, talking about that in the other podcast, anyway. And he's talking about, you know, how uh, white people are doing kung fu and things like that. It just sounds a bit silly. And he, the the writer actually mentioned that he's actually emphasized on the dissidents. Did I pronounce that uh-huh. word? Yeah, the dissidents who has actually left China and quote, I'm going to quote that he says that brainwashed by foreign forces, as in, you know, uh, the writer consider that picking up Western thinkings is not a good idea. It's actually, from the writer's point of view, it's actually white worshipping. Um, He's taken examples of, uh, where's the name, uh, there's a student from University of Maryland Yang Shu-pin mm-hmm. so she had a speech about freedom and democracy and but the writer like kind of targeted her and saying that it's white worshiping so i think you have to look at the different perspectives of how you define white worshiping yeah mm. i love i love that
1: because it i often am trying to navigate that very blurry space in trying to decide whether what I the way I see the world and the way I move through it and the things that I love are actually things that I love um independent of this whole life of spent white oh, worshipping. Because yeah. I I know myself like it's a constant shame that I carry that um I honestly like if I'm very if I'm very um frank Um, And I'm very ashamed about this is that I have in my life tended to value a white person's perspective over an Asian person's or, like, if I go into a bar and there's an Asian dude sitting next to a white dude, I'd always irrevocably, always, always want to try and appeal to the desire of the white dude. Like, and sometimes it doesn't even matter how good looking the white dude is. It's often, yeah, it's just, it's so fucked up how I have really, um... I mean, it's great that I know this now at my age, so that I'm more conscious in the future. But really, I know that I've spent a lot of my life trying to appeal to white people, and like, I I remember, I, like, in the last couple of months, even it's been quite dismal for me because I, I've like sometimes I just think, like, my closest friends are white. I think 90, yeah, like most of my friends are white. You have um, a lot of white friends yeah, I hate that. I hate. I hate that about myself. I don't think that's
0: right. Like, I There's nothing wrong with having white friends. Like, would you <sighs> go in uh, a particular way, or would you be like, from now on, you are more conscious about race? Would you go out your way to make friends that like, like other color?
1: I have to say, I think there is something about a life that is diminished if you don't have deep engagements with a wide variety of people. So I don't have a close relationship with a plumber for instance and i think that there is something um there's a fault in in me in having not established that kind of relationship i think um that and i think there's a laziness that i exhibit that most people have which is that you just tend to find friends who are like you and because i all my all my tastes are very 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 white centric and um, upper class so like yoga poetry um essay writing um literary non-fiction like all those things
0: are very white spaces but how are your friends woke do they uh, do they acknowledge that your i don't know your anger oh yeah totally
1: i i um i'm very open about it but i think that how do they feel comfortable when you're talking about it? Um the closest friends I have are, and so I'm very grateful for that, but I also do see it from their perspective. Yeah. And I like I was just texting one of my Asian friends this morning and I was I said to her, like, I have a feeling that in like ten years' time, um, I won't have any white friends left because <laughs> because um it hurts too much. Because there's too much power and balance. Like if I'm gonna keep harping on about how much it hurts to be an uh, in an Asian body, and if I'm only surrounded by white people, we're both harming each other. You know, they're harmed by my anger, yeah. and but I think you know, and be
0: taking it personally. I mean, if they walk enough, they shouldn't take it personally. I I understand yeah. that there are people that's taken it personally sometimes. And
1: well, my friends don't, but um, but you can't help but n- understand that you're part of that cohort that your friend is being angry about. You know what I mean? That's why I just think it, it'll be so hard for me to date a white guy. Because,
0: like... Well, he needs to understand enough that don't take him personally, that he's, he's just the colour of the group that he's in. But if he wants to be woke enough, he should take actions. I wouldn't say even take actions, but just to be aware of the, you know, maybe racist remarks people are making or subtle things that's happening you know and not taking it lightly you know Mm. what's happening around us or what's happening around the world yeah
1: like i often try and think if i am dating a man who is often criticizing asianness would i be offended and our first thought is yes i would definitely be offended because i'm asian but then i actually couldn't actually make myself feel what that would feel like because i can't imagine being white because white is the dominant you know, I can't put myself into a place where I could feel like I have been part of this historically entrenched group of people with historically inherently entrenched powers that is the powers that people don't have the words to express because it is because it is so
0: naturalized you know
1: yeah.
0: I think um perhaps you can ask your friends <laughs> the closest that you have how do they feel about it when you when you keep on. Talking about this kind of topics, do they? How how do they feel? Mm. Do they feel hurt, or do, do they usually argue with you, or no? They just
1: listen, really. Yeah, come,
0: yeah, yeah. I think if they only, if they just even just listen, then you know they're taking awareness. Then that's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Well, conversely, like Billy is very good at. Billy is white, and he is very good at talking about um whiteness. But, mm. but um, I think I asked him once why he's so good at picking out the fucked upness of whiteness and he and he said oh it's because I'm gay so I can see yeah so he knows what it means to be a minority and so he can see the he like when you're not part of the heteronormally white cohort um, when in any way you fall outside of that group you are better able to see things that people within that cohort can cannot see that's why it's so like that's why people harp on about diversity like Last week, two weeks ago, um, uh, Sydney Morning Herald and the Age, um, large publications here in Australia, they hired five emerging uh, critics, <laughs> yeah, and know. all five of them were white. And that is deeply, deeply, um, not only hurtful and insulting for people of color, but also just a massive, um, loss of a op- lost opportunity, because those five people are probably going to have exactly the same. Well, voices and opinions about things and they're not going to be able to pick out little things that we can pick out because we have been marginalized we don't have powers that make us
0: blind to things yeah that's what um (laughs) i want to share another um piece of writing which is quite funny of what you're saying about how white people some some of them would not um Will have the very mainstream voices. So I, I've looked at the, one of the pieces of writing um, written by a white guy. Um, this is not like a public, uh, not a properly, not a proper uh, media source, but it's it appeared in one of this guy's uh, website. He's like a capitalist entrepreneur or something like that. It's a, it's a very funny. I wouldn't say funny, but it's just something that I haven't really looked into it. A, a type of business that helps you to reduce your tax and move in your wealth overseas or something like that. Yeah, that sounds a bit dodgy, isn't it? Uh, anyway, no, not bit, it's not. <laughs> um, his writing is that um, he questions whether or not Asians do have white worshipping. So his argument is that, no, there's not actually not white worshipping, you know. Um, Asians are doing so much better, you know. It's just they've been nice to white people. It's not white worshipping. Um, why would they? Why would Asians be white worshipping in Asia when they have money themselves? Um, but immediately, the comments underneath the the uh, his writing was so funny because the first comment that I saw was uh, by a black guy. <laughs> yeah, he says. No, there's definitely a hierarchy, you know. In it's not just in Western society, and it's very obvious in Asian countries as well. And they, the black guy says, "I don't get served as much as as equally as the white couples that were sitting next to me yeah. in a restaurant and a hotel." Yeah. You know, there's definitely white worshiping. From what you're like, the writer is he's coming from a very privileged stat, you know, position of saying that, um, I can just brush away the term worshipping and trying to make myself blindsided and not, you know, not mentioning that term because it doesn't exist, because I'm say-so, because I'm white. Yeah. An
1: idiot. Yeah. Sorry. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, to say, just just the fact that he thought he had enough clout to write that opinion is so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like someone, it's like he went out, And got naked on the street and said, "Hey, look! I'm not wearing. I'm I'm wearing clothes, but it's like, dude, you're not wearing clothes. It's like it's so embarrassing that he would do that. Of course, he wouldn't see it because you possess it.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's
1: so stupid.
0: And and
1: I do have to say, um, a lot of my um education in this whole realm of race has been uh, like, has been um through reading a lot of black voices mm-hmm. yeah black Which people really really yeah. know shit like way more i'd say than because because they've been pushed like mm-hmm. like slavery hello like yeah. they, they they have exper- their ancestors have experienced the worst type of exploitation mm-hmm. and white yeah. um height and and the way that um race race exploits groups of people they have been at the bottom rung and so That's they right. they yeah. can they can see, see it, it very cl- clear, obviously. yeah, the crystallization of that hurt is really something that they are so in touch with, unfortunately
0: yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it's just a very fucked up idea that even in Asia, like what I was seeing in Taiwan before when I was teaching that when you have like a just a, um african American descent mm-hmm. teachers, that the kids would not approach the teacher at all it's just. I don't know why i mean that teacher speaks they would rather approach a white <laughs> a white dude without a proper english teaching skills than a uh, you know a black guy who have perfect qualifications in teaching english just because their skin color is different yeah, yeah. It's, that's
1: disgusting and also i know i wouldn't name names obviously but there have been people in our family who, who like <laughs> yeah. exhibit those kind of mentality. Like, yeah. I've I've heard them even say like, "Oh, black people are dirty." Like, it's yeah. really fucked up. Like the proximity into which I grew up with these kind of um, opinions, mm-hmm. it's it's just shocking. It's so shocking how people still carry these.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that it was such a um, tremendous um challenge i guess for obama when he became president you know A people a lot of people's mentality had probably shifted from then you know like oh the first black president of north america and a lot of people wouldn't think that you know uh, a black person that will, could become the leader of the free world but he did and possibly has changed a lot of people's perception and hopefully in, you know you'll continue to do so i don't
1: know i i think will i mean history will tell mm. let's see how he's remembered in 500 years time but i don't know whether things have actually i mean certainly hasn't now you know like the president who came to immediately oh, after yeah. him it's such a it, big it's, yeah oh, it's, it's a joke i don't know if his presidency has i, I don't know i just feel still very conflicted about
0: Oh yeah, on servers it did had changed a lot. Um, I just remember that uh, I was listening to a podcast while driving here, that the Chinese podcast, um, bilingual to shout out to them. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, the male host came that he said that he read uh, a book that was is by an Ameri- African American. I only remember the first name Tennessee someone. Um, so he's an a- African American that he actually semi criticized on in his book about Obama's administration. He said that Obama could have done a lot more for black people but he didn't. Yeah. But because his soft skill that actually um created more ten like created encouraged yeah. more Republicans, you yeah, know, right. to speak up. And if he had a stronghold and then really um pushed harder to provide more I wouldn't say provide but speak up more yeah. for black yeah. Perhaps that the tension will be more balanced now. Yeah,
1: but the reason why Obama was able to reach those heights was because he played to white people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so the he thing. wouldn't have. He was. Th-
0: feel, he was. He's probably feeling that. Oh, I maybe I shouldn't be offensive. You yeah, know, that's <laughs> one thing. That's one thing. Always with the people of color, when we want to try to make a comment, or when when we try to express let's our, the phone, let's yeah, the phone. when we try to you know express our thoughts, that though, we always. We always have to think in the position of, "Oh, are we going to offend someone?" And the moment you do
1: step out and sort of um, behave in a way that doesn't um, behave in a, the moment you color outside of the lines as a person of color, you you gain less power within that realm in which you are trying to gain power. So Obama got to where he got because he played to white power, and also he didn't try and actively bring up black people if he did he wouldn't have become president you know and it's the same that's exactly the same mentality when it comes to female ceos Mm -hmm. like female ceos i think are the bastions often the foot soldiers of white yeah for the patriarchy yeah yeah because if they actually from the very start of their career ladder, I'd say, if they start calling out shit, they would not be hired into positions of power. They would not yeah. be seen in C-suite yeah. positions. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, the whole system is too very fucked up, yeah. you know, it's too... Everyone's too have to... You have to play the, to game, the game by the yeah. game, yeah. yeah.
1: So in a way, it's kind of like, who are you gonna... What are you gonna do? Like, are you gonna just try and bolster your own position, or... Are you gonna or, try
0: to lift up the whole group, which yeah. is harder? You eventually, you just take the easier way. Or, like, you can...
1: I don't know, like strategize and say okay i'll reach the top and then point out shit but it's like oh uh, really is is that you know what i mean mm. like
0: yeah sometimes it is very hard because you just take the easier cho- you know yeah. you pick your battles and eventually you might make some changes but you don't make a lot of changes yeah do you want to quickly talk about the <laughs> youtube videos just because i thought that youtube video was very funny about um yeah totally. Uh, the channel is called Asian Boss. This video was taken in 2018 and it was uh, interviewing people on the street in Shanghai asking a, asking them about perceptions about white people in this, uh, Shanghai City. Um, a lot of interviews, they say that, yeah, they think that white people are genuinely more am- ambitious, you know, and they're, perhaps they're more qualified in jobs and because their appearance are more impressive, you know, and they also say that it's it's very it's a norm that um industries such as uh advertising they still hire a lot of white models to advertise even local products. So it gives you the impression of a higher status. Mm. Um what else? Uh they say that the general treatment of white people in Shanghai, um they say they treat actually treat the white people the same, you know, the but. Uh, obviously, the op- business opportunities will be better for the white people. Yeah, and I want to mention the there's something that was saying <laughs> in the video about uh the white monkey jobs. I've heard about this, but I never knew that they actually have a term for it. They call it white monkey jobs. So there are companies that actually white hire white actors to to attend as a guest or a businessman or their company staff a certain events to impress their clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Proximity to white power. Yeah, proximity to white power. So it's kinda of yeah.
1: like the way that um people hire I don't know, like models to to accompany Yeah, know no, business it's like the showgirls. Yeah, showcase exactly. <laughs> show yeah. White show yeah. Imagine if you're a white person and you and you like oh on the street someone says, Oh, um, I have a job for you you just have to come and dress in a down. suit yeah and and, and uh, hand, yeah, hand, shake, shake yeah i'd I'd say I, if I was a white dude, I'd probably say, yeah, cool, like I'll milk anything that I can milk, From your yeah,
0: seriously, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so that was a video um, if you look up on YouTube, you should be able to find it. it's a very like ten minutes video, but it's quite interesting anything else?
1: I you think, other? yeah, one more thing um, before we wrap up, um, I have been thinking a lot about this when we were talking about the white products that Mm -hmm. you know asian women put i remember all through my teenage years um i would try i would like every time we went back to taiwan i would always beg my mom to get whitening cream (laughs) and and i thought that i always really wanted whiter skin i think because i thought that that would make me more appealing to men and um just like, I remember also reading Dolly a lot growing up in, in Australia, which is like a teen magazine, it's like Teen Vogue. And I never once, I think in the seven, eight years I looked at Dolly, um, I read Dolly religiously, I only ever saw like one Asian face, and it was like Lucy Lou's face. And like, I don't even yeah. think Lucy Lou's attractive at all. Sorry. Sorry to Lucy Liu, But I don't think she's pretty at all. But she's
0: very. She's She's got the. I don't want to use the word oriental. Oh, yeah, she's, she's got an oriental she's been, look. She's been perceived, um, perceived by, like, the Western standard of beauty as in a very oriental oh, way. Oh, right. Of, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, well, I don't, yeah, I don't think
1: she's pretty. Anyway, but um, I remember, like, carving my face out and doing, like, spending hours doing, like, making, like, DIY masks <laughs> and all those, like, yeah. s- five steps to, like, cl- glowing skin or, like, all I, like, followed all those things religiously and looking back now, I realised what I wanted to look like
0: was all those white models. I wanted to be white, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think the standard of um, if we're going to uh, talk about white worshipping, it's, like, if you think about the standards of beauty, a lot of Asian countries that follow the standards of like Western standards, if you, you just simply just look at um, Koreans, you know, cosmetic yeah. industry, yeah,
1: chipping their face, you know, to to
0: look more Anglo, little, uh, Anglo, double lid, higher nose bridge, you know, and um, what sharper chins, yeah. So they're all very, they're they're features of the white, white. person, yeah. 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 So I. Just embrace your own, you know, characteristics. I think. No, yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, I, I, I
1: don't know. I just, I, I, I just like Gia Tolentino talks about the need to, like she said, she wants a a beauty neutral kind of world, which is like a world where just it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But like, I really don't see that happening anytime soon. Like, no, because
0: humans humans are very visual animals.
1: Well, and also because the fact that you know, women women are only women out men out, men um in only three fields in the world that's modeling porno, pornography and instagram influencing yeah. and they're all three industries that are predicated on visual yeah visual um aesthetics appearances yeah and so like it's hard to be a woman in, in today's world where like for me all i want to be is in, and all i want to do is engage with people who are really really intellectually curious and value me for my intellectual curiosity and yet like I live in a world where I'm first and foremost judged by how I look and that's so
0: despairing yeah so judging on how you look and you have to fit into a certain standard and you know and in that saying that you know in a lot of Asian countries say they will say that oh beauty you know like i said that's the beauty standard is following by the western standards so it's very white worshiping even so that they don't want to admit it yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly and like even on my way here um i saw three guys white dudes uh, after there's a basketball court where i live near near where i live and they were thunbuck they yeah, were like they yeah they were topless and they were like flabby as well <laughs> they had like big breasts and And, like, I was like, whoa, like, uh, girls would never be allowed to do that. But, they, yeah, these three white guys were so... It just just shows that they love themselves. That's fine. They're confident enough to do that. There's just not an equal standard in which um, women embrace, openly embrace their own, like, bodies, you know.
0: Like I said, it's double standard in gender and, you know, privileged versus minority. Yeah, it's definitely not the same, yeah.
1: Okay, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up there. Okay. Yeah. No, it's been good to chat um to to finally see you face to face. Hope hope. Yeah. We're we're actually in the same room today.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for like
1: eight week's more. Yeah, than you better weeks. you better not have coronavirus. <laughs> <About time. laughs> okay, we'll Bye. catch you guys next yeah. week. Yeah. Bye. 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 Make sure you review us on apple um podcasts and uh, we will see you next week eat well and be safe